0: It's the season premiere of Raw. Asuka defends the Raw Women's Championship and and I just I don't have anything else guys. It was just a really really bad episode and you'll hear all about it in this week's review of Monday Night Raw. You know, I I follow a lot of YouTube channels that cover wrestling, like Wrestle Talk, Cultaholic, stuff like that, and I always wonder, like, how do they review these in like five minutes? And today's one of those days that I'm very envious of that, just because I do not want to talk about this show. It was so bad so i'm gonna try to get through it as fast as possible so alexa bliss opens the show she says he's here in a creepy voice and i was really pumped i was like oh hell yeah the fiend's opening the show and then like the the part of my brain that writes scripts and writes wrestling goes why the fuck is he starting the show why is he here and i got my answer when Retribution's new shitty new metal theme hits, and only five of them come out. It's not like the big crowd of people. It's only five of them. I'm so confused. They're about to attack Bray. Bray disappears, and then the Hurt Business come out. What the fuck was the purpose of that? What was the purpose of that whole opening segment? I understand it was to be like, ah, Bray's here, and let's have him feud with Retribution, I guess. Let's have one man feud with five people. So now, Retribution take on the Hurt Business, and... Before they go to commercial, Bray appears on the Titantron and everyone knows sells it. And I don't understand because it's the fucking fiend and no one's... But I, I will say I liked it slightly because i really like the way retribution works which is it's all intimidation it is all based around intimidating not actual violence in the ring um which was a little bullshit when we came back and ali started playing like a cowardly heel which i don't like i wanted more confidence and then in their first fucking match with a legitimate finish Retribution loses. Not just loses, they tap out. T-Bar taps out in Retribution's first fucking match. It's a wash. I had a lot of hope once they were on Twitter and started showing personality, but no. Nothing. And then after that, The Fiend fucking attacks them and destroys all four members. All four members who are at ringside was destroyed by The Fiend. All I can pray is maybe this changes retribution. Maybe The Fiend's influence causes them to be different. But fuck this. Hated it one out of five. Up next, uh, Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles. And fuck. Like, the only good thing out of this is the fact that I... I hate Matt Riddle. I've talked about it ad nauseum, but I will say his offense is very creative. So I do enjoy that out of Riddle. But the main story of this is AJ now has a heater who's just like this big shack motherfucker who's super tall. And AJ cuts a promo, says he's the new locker room leader. He's the prodigal son finally returning. And he he didn't even fucking bring up the guy. Didn't bring up this seven foot beast. And then... Uh, the match begins. The heater refuses to leave the ring. And then he stares down the referee. And I guess the story with this guy is everyone's afraid of him because the referee was terrified of him. And then the finish of the fucking match was Matt Riddle rolled to the outside. And then like the guy walks up to him and Matt's like, oh, no, rushes into the ring, walks straight into a Styles Clash, gets pinned. The guy's not scary. The guy's great. Like, everything I saw out of him, he has, like, this very quiet, murderous presence to him. But he's not that scary. Like, it's not the fiend you're playing with here. So it was really ridiculous. And it just, it kind of ruined it. Like, it really, really did. But I'm excited to see where they go with this angle. Excited to see where they go with this big guy. Now we get a recap of Orton versus McIntyre, which was a vent, which really should have just been like, hey, they fucking fought a lot, you know? So then Charlie Caruso interviews McIntyre, and I I liked this. It was actually a very genuine promo where Drew's like, I, I it really should have ended back at Clash of Champions, but. Then you came out and you were smart because you're intelligent, Randy. And you know I've got a mean streak. You know I've got a temper. And it was so genuine. I liked it because it stopped McIntyre from becoming Cena. It stopped McIntyre from being that person who would come out every week, crack jokes, or fight. It it, it was really, really good. And then, of course, he's like, at the end of the show, you're gonna be doing your uh, promo from hell. It wasn't called that because they wouldn't call it a promo. Uh, But just so you know, I'm gonna show up. So basically, oh no, we're gonna get another brawl except not really but we'll get to that and now fucking lana versus oscar and i just i was like lana proved me wrong lana proved me wrong but she didn't she's slow she's so slow she's so choreographed it's really rough but luckily it was very fast oscar hit the oscar lock it was over very it was like getting a shot it was like it'll be over it's one and done you're good uh then after the match Nia Jax and shayna assault Uh, Asuka, then they kill Lana, and then Shayna comes back into the ring, tries to take out Asuka, Asuka escapes, and the only thing that makes me mad is this might mean Lana and Asuka versus Shayna and Nia next week, and that's gonna be a rough one. So we go to commercial, when we come back, Shayna and Nia are still in the ring. And honestly, this was a fun promo. Basically, them saying, we own the tag team titles, we own the division, which, fucking yeah. And they brought up a point that I've never thought about, but owning the tag titles mean... You own every division. You are the best in every single division because you can go and fight in every division. So, yeah, it's really good. They, it's, a, it's a call-out segment. So they say, someone come fight. Mandy and Dana come out. Okay. And then Lacey comes out, and I went, wait, Lacey doesn't have a tag-team partner. And then fucking Peyton Royce comes out to team w- with Lacey Evans. The woman who was in, honestly, my favorite female tag team in all of WWE, who left to go on her own singles run, comes back to fucking team with Lacey Evans. And it's probably just a one and done, because there was a whole lot of miscommunication between them during the match, but fucking still, Iconics. Iconics, damn it. Instead, you gave me Lacey and fucking... Uh, and I, I, I actually I talked to the rest of the Fight Boys, and they're like, well, they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, because they need tag teams. I'm like, exactly! Which is why they should not have broken up the Iconics. So then, Riot Squad come out, even though they've been drafted. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck this dumb show, because now it's a match. Now it's just all of a sudden a Fatal 4-Way match, and we just don't, we don't talk about it. And this was the worst match ever not only of the night, might be worst match of the year. And I know I'm getting real heated, and I know a lot of people might have liked this, but it was a clusterfuck because it was an impromptu match. But honestly, it looked like the people in the ring thought it was an impromptu match because everything looked sloppy. And then we go to commercial, we come back, Naya and Shayna are just fucking gone for some reason, so there's more sloppy shit happening. Uh, my favorite bit was commentary saying, well, the tag champs are still out of commission as the camera clearly showed Naya just standing against the barricade waiting for her spot um then we get the generic multi-man match thing which is everyone comes in the ring hits a finisher on someone then gets a finisher hit on them my favorite part of that was that dana didn't even have a move to do so she just threw someone out of the ring um i will say i do like the riot squad's finisher which is like the backstabber into the riot kick that was cool and then Baszler said, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to kill everybody. So she just like choked out Ruby, threw her in the ring, forced her to tab Nia, tag Naya, and then Jackson Baszler get the win on the worst match of the show. We then get a recap of Matt Hardy, or I'm sorry, Jeff Hardy running over Elias. And then we go to the Elias concert. And here's the thing. This was a fun segment. Like, Elias is a great Honestly, like if you put him alongside a lot of other like, Christian rock bands, he, he works it. He's really good. The problem is, Elias is the fucking heel, and yet they had people cheering, people screaming walk with Elias through the garbage piped-in audio, and then they had people on- in the fucking stadium holding up lighters. He is the heel. He should not be going for, like, that's why he constantly gets interrupted, is because it's a real babyface move to play good music. So, like... This was a good segment to promote his new album, I guess, but it does nothing for the storyline, and then there was fucking Pyro for some... It was a legitimate rock concert for the heel in the storyline, and uh, then, of course, at the end, he says, I love none of you, which was a actually very great line, and I, I, I just wish he came back and did a song shitting on Jeff Hardy or something like that, but he came back... Uh, said, Oh, you want an encore? And he asks for his guitar. And then generic shredding on guitar happens. And turns out, Oh, Jeff Hardy took his guitar and Jeff tries to hit him with it. And it's not like an acoustic guitar, it is an electric guitar, which are Pure, wo- It's like pure fucking hunk of wood and resin and metal. That could have murdered Elias. Like, I understand like it's it's a big deal to hit someone with an acoustic guitar, but at least those will shatter. This will have no give. And my favorite was Jeff screaming like, I didn't hit you with a car! I ain't hit you with no car! I'm like, motherfucker, you just tried to hit him with a, a blunt force object. I don't think the car is an issue anymore. So, this segment was fun... But it did nothing to serve the storyline, and it didn't make logical sense. It was a commercial for Elias' album, which is not something WWE should be investing time into. So now we get a uh, segment with Miz and Morrison where basically Miz says, hey, I'm going to win the briefcase from Otis and the lawsuit or whatever, and then Tucker interrupts, and boy, Tucker tried, but he's very, he's very intelligent, and he's got a very he's very well-spoken. But the problem is, he's also very emotionless when he cuts promos that are supposed to have emotion. And then Tucker says, later tonight, I will be facing you, and I will be bringing in my own tag team partner. And Morrison and Miz, being the epic shit heels they are, basically say, hey, you're not going to be able to find one. And that was it. It was a segment. So we go backstage, Elias is furious, and he he was furious at the fact that Jeff Hardy interrupted him. Not the fact that Jeff hit him with a car and then tried to bash his brains in. So that was a little weird. And then basically at the end, he was like, you know what? There's no matches for Hell in a Cell. So me versus Jeff okay i understand wwe you need to fill out a pay-per-view but damn that was sudden so then we get a promo from the new day and this was the best moment of the show where xavier starts freaking out talking about 2020 being a garbage fire the only problem is like they were just getting going and then sheamus interrupted and i'll be honest i was afraid at first because like sheamus is very hit or miss but he was very hit tonight uh he had a great joke saying well Big E ain't here there's only two turds of you. And then, of course, uh, everyone's go, or, uh, the New Day are going, Two turds? You just call us two turds? It was dumb, but it was very fun. And it was just a fun segment. It was really, really good. So then we get Kingston versus Sheamus. And there was a lot of viciousness from Sheamus in the beginning, and Kofi just couldn't get it. And then they cut to the Thunderdome, and Big E is sitting there shirtless, by the way. And he was very easily seen there. And you see Xavier on the side go, kofi kofi he's here kofi he's here he's right there he's right there come on man and props to xavier for being the best hype man of the of all time because he's like i think at one point kofi jumped up on the second rope and hit a russian leg sweep on sheamus he's got new moves he got new moves but the best part was after kofi looked up and he saw big e he got this big comeback like it showed the power of the new day that sheamus tried his best but nothing was able to defeat, I hate to say it, the power of positivity, and they overcome them. Um, the only thing, there were a few pretty rough botches throughout it, but it, like outside of that, it was still a good match. It's kind of like a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, which is, I could pick it apart, but it it's just fun. It was just really, really fun. Um, and like this is, I, I love The New Day, because... They've got, they're, they're so great at being genuine. They are so great at showing emotion and showing genuine passion, which when you compare it to the majority of the WWE roster, it's lost on them. So like, that's why I love the New Day. Like, I think Cody was being interviewed about what, what's the difference between AEW and WWE? He goes, well, we are genuine. We have passion. And that's what the New Day has and is so refreshing to see every week. So then we get a recap of Fiend and Retribution, something that happened on this fucking show, and we get the promo of the night from Ali. And it cuts back there, and Ali, say, Ali says, "My people think my power is in numbers. My power is in creating chaos. My power is in knowing secrets. And that's when he reveals, basically, he was the SmackDown hacker, that he knows... Uh, what the people in WWE have done? He knows what the greed has forced them to do, and basically, it, it this is what retribution's needed, which is a guideline, and he's basically saying greed has turned people into monsters in wwe and has forced them to hold down good people like my my stable mates in retribution and it was great it was four months way too fucking late but it was really really good to finally have something behind retribution and explanation if you will it was a really good promo Ali can fucking talk so then we get a hurt business segment where titus o'neill offers to join them and then they just beat him the fuck up next segment it was garbage um ms and morrison come out to face tucker and a mystery opponent Miz and uh, they're basically cutting a promo against him and then tucker comes out and says i've searched the entire world for my partner and it's fucking otis in a mask and it was hilarious but then they took it too far It's kind of like, you know how John Cena used to take jokes a little too far and they stopped being funny? That's what it was with this. It just went a little bit too far, but then Miz ended up saving the segment because Miz fucking turned it on. Like He turned on good, over-the-top heel Miz, or not over-the-top, like serious heel Miz, which is something we haven't seen in a while because Miz and Morrison have been those over-the-top heels, but Miz looks and he goes... When I won the Money in the Bank briefcase, it made me push myself to places I didn't know I could go to. Meanwhile, you're sitting there in a mask and a fucking cape looking like a joke. You do not deserve that briefcase because you are not capable of going to the places that briefcase needs you to go. It was an epic promo from The Miz. And then we have the match, which I'll be honest, I wasn't really paying attention to. Uh, Fucking it happened. There was some good Lucha shit, kind of. I like. I do wish this was a moment for Otis to do exactly what Miz said, which is turn it on and show, like, I'm, I'm sure he can't, but, like, show Lucha shit, show some fire, show something different. But instead, we still got a comedy character. And now it's like, it's like hey, bud, were you not listening? Like, that briefcase means you need to grow. You be- need to become something greater than yourself. And then, yeah, nothing. Caterpillar again, baby. Uh, Then there was a cute segment backstage where the New Day and Heavy Machinery are celebrating. And then Mandy got to come out and give Otis a giant ham, and it kind of warmed my heart. It was very, very cute. And then we get the Firefly Funhouse segment of the night, and Bray's moving in. And then we find out Ramblin' Rabbit is a father for some reason. It was really, really bizarre. We get a super cut of all the time Rambling Rabbit dies. Then Bray says the past is in our heads, the future is in our hands. And then the rabbit is eaten by Mercy the Buzzard. And then finally, um, the big the reason for this segment. Uh, Alexa makes her debut on Firefly Funhouse. Very Freddy Krueger, Harley Quinn combined kind of vibe. It's really cool. I'm just... i'm I'm having a problem with firefly funhouse and it's the same problem i started to have with swamp bray near the end which is if bray doesn't have a storyline to build around he's not like he kind of just goes through the motions which sucks like it's still entertaining it's just not it's not where i want it to be I wish there was. I wish there was a story. Like a Firefly Funhouse without a story is nothing, in my same if Bray cuts one of his old oh, creepy promos in the back, man. Going about following the buzzes. If he doesn't know where he's going with the story, he can't make it good. Like that's why I'm so pissed they took him off SmackDown because. He had a story there. He had the wobbly walrus thing with Paul Heyman that would have led into something with Roman. It, it, it had a story there. And now this week, it just kind of feels like Bray's like, okay, we're on a new show. What the fuck do we do? Now we get uh, Strowman versus Lee. And fuck. It's like they took the note I said a couple of weeks ago. Because like the first time they fought, I thought, this doesn't work. And then I said, oh, it's because you can't feel the weight to what they're doing. It doesn't feel big. And this time it felt like they were trying to make things bigger by making them slower. Which does make it seem like, oh, they're having to use more muscles and do shit like that. And it still it didn't work for me. And then the end of the fucking match. This fucking end of the match had Keith trying to pick up Braun to do a a spirit bomb and then Braun headbutts Lee in the dick and then commentary says fucking Strowman shoving his head in the nether regions of Keith Lee, which is not how you need to fucking phrase that. And the referee was staring right at them like looking straight at it like he could see the head go into the dick no no DQ nothing commentary's like well he wasn't in position as they show a replay of the ref looking right at them it was bullshit Strowman gets the victory and then afterwards Lee grabs him kicks him in the nuts because that's the only way WWE knows how to do storylines with old NXT talent I guess is a bunch of ball based violence and then he goes you have tangled with the wrong one I'm a dragon or some shit it was ridiculous and i will forever curse wwe for what they've done to keith lee because he's not just a big boy he's not just a a big force of nature type person he is called the limitless one for a reason his talent knows no limits he is boundless he can do great shit they're just not letting him and then to close the show we get randy orton's address from hell Which I thought should have been pre-taped or something, but it was just Randy walking out to the Hell in a Cell, going in, and then cutting a promo. So setting-wise, this wasn't good, but promo-wise, it was fucking phenomenal. Like It it, it was enough to distract me from how ugly as sin that cell is, and it also distracted me from the fact that there were five fucking minutes left in the show. Hey, WWE, give the boys a little bit more time to promote this whole-ass match and Randy basically cut an Oscar-worthy monologue. Like it was fucking great of him just standing up and saying, uh they say you leave a piece of you in the ring or in, inside the cell, but I I've never felt that. I've always just felt like I've learned something. I remember every time I've entered the cell. I remember destroying Daniel Bryan right there. I remember winning two WWE championships inside. And it was very cold and calculated, but it also had a lot of passion behind it. And it was very fucking good. But also I feel like they were running low on time because Randy was definitely getting ready to go on a tear. And then Drew just fucking interrupted and you could see Randy go, oh, I guess we're doing this now. And then uh, Drew comes out to the ring. They talk shit for a little bit. Randy says, hey, you're going to have to punch this lock off, rip it apart if you can get in because he had locked the cell. And then Drew grabs bolt cutters. So the crowd pops like, oh, hell yeah, we're about to see one last brawl, this time inside Hell in a Cell. He walks over, he cuts the bolt, and then they go off air. Motherfucking what? The one thing that they were building to was Drew using the bolt cutters to get his hands on Randy to beat him down before Sunday, and they couldn't even do that right. Just just cut that part of the segment. Just have Randy f- keep going with this epic promo he's doing because Randy will definitely know a way to send people home happy or not happy, but at least like excited to watch the show. Don't just fucking end on this non-ending. So that was Raw. It was garbage. It wasn't it was fucking well done. In fact, this this Raw was burnt. It was the exact opposite of Raw. It was stone cold burnt, if you couldn't tell by how how frustrated i got because i i was so excited because smackdown did so good last week's raw did so good i was like hell yeah i'm ready to get in on this fuck and then it just it turned out so bad and i'm so frustrated i'm excited for smackdown but Hey, I know some people online actually liked the show. They liked the Elias segment. They liked a lot of stuff. Uh, what do you? What did you think? Let me know on Twitter at ScottyMo S C O T T Y E M O. And remember to support us at Patreon.com/slash A Load of BS. Gets you access to our exclusive Discord where we watch wrestling live. We watch bad movies. We go to Disney World. We do all sorts of shit over there. And you can only get access on Patreon.com/slash A Load of BS. But as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show. Cause when you're a fight boy. You're a fight boy for life.